As many of you know, I have been involved in our scouting program here at Beargrass for many, many years. I started as a wee little Cub Scout in Pack 115, and after three years crossed over to the troop and eventually earned the rank of Eagle. And as many current and former Scouts know, no matter what pack or troop or crew you are in, there are certain routines that all Scouts use to start their meetings. In fact, I even checked with our own troop, and even though they are meeting weekly via Zoom right now, they are still starting with the basics of scouting. First, the scout oath. You remember the three points. Duty to God and country, duty to others, duty to self. Next comes the scout law. Those 12 points from trustworthy to reverent. Then the motto, be prepared. And the slogan, do a good turn daily. But then sometimes the scoutmaster adds one more principle. The outdoor code. Now it doesn't roll off the tongue as easy as the others. But given how much time scouts spend in nature, a commitment to caring for the earth is part of a scout's DNA. And here are those words. As an American, I will do my best to be clean in my outdoor manners, be careful with fire, be considerate in the outdoors, and be conservation-minded. But if we think about it, being considerate in the outdoors and being conservation-minded really isn't just for scouts. As children of God, we are all called to care for the earth. This weekend, I have the privilege of preaching the first sermon in our Easter sermon series entitled Recognizing Resurrection. Lee asked me to preach on the topic of creation care since Earth Day will be this Wednesday, April 22nd. He thought I might have some experience with this topic, given my background in scouting. And he was right. I spent many summers at Camp Cricket Creek earning merit badges at the Nature Lodge, including ones such as environmental science, mammal study, reptile study. Rob, you might want to sit that one out soil and water conservation, and many others. I even earned the World Conservation Award. But then, I had to think about a text that would help us thinking about caring for the earth. And if you told me when I entered seminary that I would one day choose to preach from the book of Leviticus, I would have told you you were crazy. Who opens that can of worms? But as I thought about caring for the earth, I remembered the stewardship course that I took in seminary. And you may be thinking, the S word? Why is Stephen talking about stewardship? It's not November. He's not asking about money. Because in truth, Stewardship is so much more than giving money to the church. It's more than a campaign that occurs once a year. Stewardship 
is a way of life, a spiritual discipline. Through stewardship, we remember that we share interdependently our time, our talents, and our treasures and our resources. Stewardship is about relationships to God, to each other, and to the earth. So part of stewardship is caring for God's creation. And this is not some brand new concept. No, children of God have always been called to care for the earth. In that stewardship class in seminary, we studied the passage that I read today. The passage from Leviticus reminds us that we are called to give the earth some rest. As humans, we need some sleep each day in order for us to function. People who know me know after midnight, yeah, I'm done. I got to get some rest. And in seven days in a week, we're called to rest and take one for Sabbath. And you know what? The earth needs Sabbath too. Scripture reminds us of that. The land shall observe a Sabbath for the Lord. Six years you shall sow your field, and six years you shall prune your vineyard, and gather in their yield. But in the seventh year there shall be a Sabbath of complete rest for the land, a Sabbath for the Lord. So Scripture makes it clear that the land needs rest. But truly, when was the last time we've given our land a year of rest? With our jam-packed schedules moving here, there, and everywhere, when was the last time we didn't overuse the resources that the earth provides? Now, one of the unintended consequences of our current situation is that earth is actually getting a chance to breathe. Now hear me clearly. I am not in any way wishing that this global pandemic had occurred. I hate how this disease targets those who are most vulnerable. I don't like how you can be a carrier of COVID-19, not show any symptoms, and unwittingly give it to someone else. I'm so grateful for doctors, nurses, and healthcare professionals working long hours and often staying away from their own families to fight the disease. I'm grateful for essential workers like grocery store clerks and truck drivers who are working so diligently to make sure we have the necessities we need. But even in this difficult and challenging time, I bet we all can agree that we've learned some unique lessons. I mean, look at us here at Beargrass. We've learned to do worship in a whole new way. Now, sure, there have been some bumps along the way, and it's still not perfect. We're learning each week. But we've shown that worship and church are not confined to this space. For families, being forced to slow down and stay at home and get a little Sabbath, they've actually had the chance to connect electronically with family members who live far away. Some have chatted online more in the past month 
than they have in many previous years. I know of several kids, instead of going from activity to activity to activity, have finally had the chance to learn how to ride their bikes. And I know many people now have a greater appreciation for what teachers do on a daily basis. Many new homeschool educators are finding that teaching even just one child is not so easy. Teacher friends, make those back-to-school supply lists super long next fall. You're going to get anything you ask for and then some. But you know, the lessons we're learning aren't just about people. We've learned lessons about the earth, too. With most people staying home except for essential trips, the earth has a chance to breathe. We're seeing the earth rebound and refresh itself in miraculous ways. In some ways, we can recognize the earth is kind of having its own resurrection. Consider some of these reports. There have been more visible sightings of dolphins swimming in the waters near Venice. There's been a resurgence of bees and rare flowers in the United Kingdom. Smog levels in major cities like L.A. are the lowest they've been in years, providing cleaner air for all to breathe. And there's been a noticeable drop in seismic activity, with the Earth's upper crust shaking less due to a decrease in machinery and car movement. The global pandemic has shown us that when we give the Earth a chance to breathe, When we give the land a Sabbath, it has a chance to recover. As part of his communion meditation last weekend, Rob Schrader mentioned that when this pandemic is over, he doesn't want to return to normal. Don't want to go back to overbooked schedules or unrealistic work demands. Not going back to a society that praises an athlete over a teacher not returning to a world that pursues profit at the expense of the vulnerable. I know from many of our Facebook comments during worship last week and emails and texts we received this week, those words resonated with many of you. But I can also hear our earth begging, Me too! Me too! I don't want to go back to normal either. Sonia Renee Taylor offered another unique perspective on returning to normal this week. She posted, We will not go back to normal. Normal never was. Our pre-corona normal existence was not normal other than we normalize greed, inequity, exhaustion, depletion, extraction, disconnection, confusion, rage, hoarding, hate, and lack. We should not long to return, my friends. We are being given the chance to stitch a new garment, one that fits all of humanity and nature. Notice 
in her words. She didn't just refer to people. The comment was for both humanity and nature. In this unusual time, we can find new ways to care for each other and the earth. Now don't get me wrong. I look forward to a day when we can gather together again. Even introvert Stephen is missing people. But as we stitch this new normal, can we also find ways to continue to give the land a chance to rest? You know, each year we celebrate and honor Earth Day. A chance to recommit ourselves to caring for God's creation. And this is not an ordinary Earth Day. No, the first Earth Day was celebrated on April 22nd, 1970. I find it a little uncanny that on the 50th anniversary of Earth Day, the Earth is finally getting what Scripture calls its Jubilee Year. We read about that special Jubilee Year in the end of our Scripture passage today. As Leah Shade noted, in biblical terms, the Jubilee year is a special year of biblical justice when all the property would be returned, all debts forgiven, and the land given rest. In the 50th year, people were commanded to take care of each other. No interest was charged on debts. There was no proud gouging. The working poor are released from their debts. Everyone is set free, including the earth itself. Now, I don't think any of us plan this jubilee year for the earth quite like this. But in many ways, a jubilee year for the earth is upon us. By being forced to stay at home, the earth is finally getting the rest it needs. Perhaps we can use this time to think about how we will care about the earth moving forward. Instead of going back to once was normal, hopefully we can make different choices to protect all that are vulnerable, both our neighbors and the earth. Here at Beargrass, our green chalice team has been educating and guiding the congregation to take care of the earth. They've hosted creation care speakers for our Sunday school classes. They've placed recycling containers all around the church and even helped the church obtain a recycling dumpster. Last year, the youth spaghetti dinner used actual plates instead of disposable ones. And green chalice also hopes that bear grass will go styrofoam free by the end of 2020. Step by step, choice by choice, action by action, the Green Chalice team is ensuring that we as a congregation remember our call to care for the earth. Unless you think that individual actions don't make a difference, I'm going to differ. I'm going to hark back to my scouting days that I mentioned at the beginning of my sermon on your screen, you're going to see a picture of me from my Cub Scouting days. 
Yes, I was once cute and adorable. I don't know what happened, but there it is. Now, one of my favorite events as a Cub Scout was called Scoutorama, an annual event held at Churchill Downs. As a Boy Scout, I remember camping in the infield and waking up in the morning to the horses jogging around the track. But as a Cub Scout, it was more of a day event. I remember several big tents set up in the infield where Scouts could go and do different activities. But I truly remember one booth in particular. Instead of a game or an activity, that pack was giving something away. Baby pine seedlings. They couldn't have been more than a foot in length. I took several. And my parents allowed me to plant them in the backyard. For better or for worse, my father still owns my childhood home. So I drove by yesterday and took a picture of those trees. You'll see that picture on your screen now. The picture you see is of those pine trees are ones that I planted over 30 years ago. Other trees have had to be cut down due to illness. But those pine seedlings, they're still going strong. We can care for God's creation as individuals, as a church, as a global community. One step, one action, one choice, one tree at a time. Friends, as we find our way back to a new normal, may we also find ways to ensure that the earth receives the Sabbath that it needs and deserves.